All right, y'all, welcome to the Scott Horton Show. I'm the director of the Libertarian Institute, editorial director of antiwar.com, author of the book, Fool's Aaron, Time to End the War in Afghanistan, and the brand new Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism. And I've recorded more than 5,500 interviews since 2003, almost all on foreign policy and all available for you at scotthorton.org. You can sign up for the podcast feed there. And the full interview archive is also available at youtube.com slash Scott Horton Show. All right, you guys. Introducing Ashraf Nubani, a lawyer in Washington and a writer at Electronic Intifada. And here's an interesting one. It's time for Sirhan Sirhan to go free. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing well. Thanks, Scott. Uh, good to have you back on the show here. Uh, really interesting piece on the convicted assassin of Robert F. Kennedy, June 5th, 1968. And uh, he just won the California primary uh, for the um, Democratic nomination to run for president. And um, had just given a speech there at the Ambassador Hotel and uh, turned around and went through the kitchen area there and was shot to death. And uh, then a punk rock band was named after him and his older brother who had been shot a few years before. Um, but then, so this guy went to prison, and to this day, he says he doesn't remember any of it. He doesn't dispute his guilt, but he just says, like, geez, I guess if you guys say so, because he doesn't know that he did it. Is that correct? Well, basically, yes, he has admitted uh, through from the beginning, from uh, the trial phase onward, uh, he's accepted responsibility. But uh, he's also consistently said that he doesn't remember the actual murder itself, pulling out his gun or shooting anyone. Uh, much less uh, Robert Kennedy. And that's been his position uh, for, for decades. Mm. Now, so I'm a bit of a kook, mostly a former one. But anyway, I've read about this story for a very long time, and I've read a lot of conspiracy theory stuff about it, the lady in the polka dot dress. Um, and I've read a lot of debunkings of that, such as these holes in the wall we're already there, and they weren't gunshot holes. You know, they were already from other things that had gone on in that pantry. Previously. Right, and and who knows? So, so what do you think about all that? Well, so the 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 way I became interested in this story particularly is it it never sat well with me that the uh, that the murderer the murderer of uh, RFK was was a Palestinian, um, and so uh, I, I'm writing a book. Uh, on Islam in America. And one of the things I was looking into is to compare uh, the penal systems and uh, murder specifically and the death penalty and the role of the family, the victim's family in, in each case. And in Islam, while there is the death penalty, if the family forgives, then the person is not put to death. And not only is, is he not put to death, because in Islamic jurisprudence, there's other forms of punishment. Some of them people consider, arca you know, arcane or archaic. Uh, uh, the prison is not the only punishment. So a person doesn't necessarily spend the rest of their lives in prison. And so uh, I was looking into that uh, forgiveness. And then I came across Sirhan's case, across the fact that Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, RFK's son, had visited him in prison in, in December of 2017, and he came out saying, you know, I don't believe that he was the killer of my father. 
and he made amends with him. He's been in support of a new uh, of a reinvestigation, and so have other uh, uh, of his children. But there's a split uh, amongst the family. So, so it's it's it, this is what made me interested in the case. And so I read both sides, both the conspiracy uh, theories, um, you know, from the very legitimate to the way out. Legitimate meaning that the positive possible scenarios based on on the evidence that was still available and uh, those who like Dan Moldea and others who 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 say that he acted alone and there was no conspiracy what is clear and 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 I wrote this in the article is that you know being a Palestinian I know that he wouldn't get a fair trial uh, from the get-go in the sense that there would be bias and that's why I said that the investigation of the LAPD was more of omission than commission. In other words, you know, they had a gunman, they had a gun. Why would they want to even look further? And it became convenient that he's Palestinian and that he said that this is um, this is in response to Kennedy's support for for Israel. And that became the, that became the, stir, the, the, the story and all of the work that was done on the case, uh, you know, was geared um, towards just one gunman. And also, the defense, the same thing. They were looking, we need to save your life, Sirhan. Plead guilty. We're not going to contest any of these things. And they, under under uh, any, any uh, uh, looking back at the case, any attorney would say that you know, this was mishandled. They, they should have questioned the evidence uh, more thoroughly. And all of these things have responses. Uh, for example, the bullet holes. Bullet holes or holes were seen. Whether they were bullet holes or not, well, we don't know now because the evidence was destroyed while the case was still in appeal. So again, there's so many uh, uh, issues that that were raised, and and I wanted to get beyond that. And the heart, the gist of the article was: look, it, it should be reinvestigated. To be fair, the Kennedys want that. Many people would like to see that happen, but if that doesn't happen. What do you do with a person who's been in jail for 53 years? It's a political assassination, yes, but um, you know things have changed. A lot of the people that are involved are are no longer around. Uh, obviously, older older Americans are are less forgiving, especially those who, who, who people who loved uh, Robert F. Kennedy and what he represented and the hope that he represented during those tumultuous times in in, in the 60s. Whereas younger people would look at it and they would want to look at the circumstances and, and have other considerations. So we get to the point where uh, he's he's coming up for his 16th parole hearing uh, today. Uh, so it, it, in California time, it'll it started at eight o'clock or, or, or thereabouts um, and may so take a few hours. Ahead. Yeah, or several hours. And uh, we'll see the results of this 16th uh, attempt by Sirhan and his attorneys to 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 seek uh, release. Uh, be, so, and another point, and it's in the article, but people should know that he was initially or uh, initially sentenced to death, but because of change of the law in California in 1972, and then it was abolished in 1976, he was resentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. And that's why he's been uh, eligible per, for parole since the 80s, mm -hmm. um, and it's been denied every time. Right. And now, but so according to the Washington Post, the prosecutor agrees with you now. Well, the prosecutor, so Gaskin is the is the newly elected prosecutor. He's, he's been there for over a year. I don't know how long, but there's a push to also get him out like Newsom, the recall. Um, he's, he's a progressive prosecutor, and his position is 
it wasn't initially on Sirhan's case alone. His position was that our prosecutors are not going to attend these parole hearings because historically they viewed it as being, uh, you know, biased against the 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 inmate um, because they would always come in and say we represent the victims and he should th this person person should stay uh, incarcerated and not be released. So he said we're going to leave that to the parole board to decide. We don't need to be there. And um, when the story broke from the Washington Post and, and, and what I wrote and others, it, it got closer to the time they started asking him. And he said, look, we're taking that. I mean, it's we're taking the position that we're not going to be there. And for some, they look at it as, as a green light for the parole board to release him if 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 they so choose, which in, in essence, it can be viewed that way. Obviously, uh, if the prosecutor's office had gone uh, there and uh, uh, argued against it, then we would know that that's their position. But they chose to stay silent uh, on it. And um, I think that that gives him the only that gives him a much better chance than he's ever had. But I'm not hopeful. I'm, I'm very pessimistic uh, that the board would uh, allow him to 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 uh, uh, to be released because, again, it's a political assassination and it's still uh, a very sensitive topic for, for America. I, I really believe that we need to uh, look at it uh, in, a, in a fresh manner and consider, you know, take all, everything into consideration uh, before a decision is made um, of whether, you know, he should be released. But according to California law, he should be released. There's no doubt um, that he should be released, and, and, and that's for uh, different reasons. One is they look at, for example, uh, violence and all of his tests that he's taken uh, in, in, in prison uh, regarding his mental capacity and, and uh, proclivity to violence or whether he would be a danger. He's, he's always tested at the lowest, range, lowest possible range because there's no one that can have you know, a zero risk to, to, to violence, no matter who they are. Um, um, and, and so he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't present a risk also, he's going. He would be sent to Jordan. Uh, he was a he, he's a Palestinian uh, who was at the time in the 50s granted in the early 50s or no uh, yeah in the early 50s 52 was granted uh, Jordanian citizenship. So he was a permanent resident at the time in 1968, and because of this felony, he wouldn't be able to stay in the United States. Uh, he would be deported. So he wouldn't present a risk certainly to to Americans, but again, he wouldn't present a risk to anyone. And uh, he's been there. For 50 over 53 years now, he's had a, a, a good, uh, an excellent prison record. Meaning there, you know, there there hasn't been trouble in prison. Uh, he follows the rules and, and and so forth. And he's taken responsibility. But the what complicates everything is that he doesn't remember the actual shooting. And so the board, um, in, in 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 doing research for the story, I saw uh, some of the board's uh, uh, reasoning, and they just. You know, they laid this big thing on him, and it is, it's huge, but they said, you killed Kennedy, you don't understand what this means. Uh, the way that politicians now deal with crowds has changed because of this. The whole nation was traumatized, and you're, you, you're not taking, you can't, you know, you're not taking responsibility for that. Well, how can he? I mean, almost no uh, human being under such circumstances can, you know, take on that type of, you know, I mean, guilt and, 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 and trauma. And so it makes it difficult. But uh, if it was an, another person, then certainly he would have been released a long, long time ago. Hmm. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess they let uh, Hinkley out. He's playing guitar on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know if you saw any of that. Right. No, I did. I did. I, I saw that, uh, the shooter of Reagan. So, yeah, there's it's really it's it's you know these cases are again they're a reflection of uh the issues that we have to deal uh with in 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 society and um paul schrade and uh, paul schrade was one of the victims he's now 96 years old he attended uh, sir han's previous hearing in 2016 and that was the first time and he actually you know he he apologized to sir han and said i should have been here earlier for you um, he, he just, he, he's just asking, for, you know, he doesn't say that there's necessarily uh, any other, cons- I mean, a conspiracy theory, but I do believe that there was a second gunman based on what he remembers. And he's just asking that there be a reinvestigation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that, uh, there, there have been uh, attempts by the prosecutor's office over the years to, I mean, they've let out, uh, information, uh, 20 years after the incident, they, in 1988, I believe well, there was a, has he a ever tr- said that anyone put him up to it or that he had a friend there with him or anything like that? He, so he remembered, no, he, he, he went, uh, at the, he remembers going there, uh, alone. He does remember being with a lady at, at the time and, um, you know, he was 24 years old and he said that, uh, he had, uh, uh, taken alcohol and he was looking for coffee and all of a sudden he became agitated and, uh, you know, as if there was some cue, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't, um, uh, he doesn't remember, uh, uh, the, the important, uh, Parts And that's why people like Dan Moldea say that, you know, he conveniently doesn't remember what would make him uh, guilty, what would go to motive. And therefore, it's obvious. But he in an in an interview with um, I forget his name uh, the, with with uh, in, in, in the UK, famous journalist who just passed away uh, probably just a few years ago. But he did a, a, a he did a, a big interview at the time um, with Sirhan. This was probably in the 90s or uh, late 80s or early 90s. And he said that, you know, I would never be in a conspiracy with anyone else. That's like an insult. You know, I w- what I did, I did. Um, you know, my anger towards Kennedy was because of his support, um, you know, for Israel. And you just you have to understand what it means for us Palestinians. So he gave, uh, you know, a motive as to that, but he said that he he didn't act with anyone uh, at at all. There are some people uh, who believe that that he was hypnotized, and that was even some of the court papers that were were, were submitted. But the judge rejected that. Uh, they brought in a psychologist from Harvard, a, a hypnotist who put him under hypnosis, and he was convinced that he was highly suggestive. Uh, to 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 hypnosis and that this was a theory. Now, other people in their books, when you look at all of the uh, work that has been done on the case, and some people obviously for money, most people did it for money. Even the attorneys uh, wrote books. Is that he worked at a um, at a horse track, and there were connections to the mob at that horse track, and you know because of the the, the issues between the mob and the Kennedys, even with 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 President Kennedy, that. You know, there could have been some connection there and that he was, you know, somehow uh, a fall guy. And that may very well be possible, but, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be difficult after all these years to, to attain that. I do believe that his release is probably the best thing for, for, for everyone in, in the sense that obviously there are people who want him dead. The moment that Sirhan is dead, uh, especially in, in prison, he was stabbed in prison a couple of years ago. 
if he dies, that's it. There's no reinvestigation. There's nothing. It's over. And it'll always be that Sirhan was the uh, was the murderer. If he stays and lives another, you know, he's 77, relatively good health. If he lives another 10, 15 years, there will be growing calls for an investigation. And that could open up another Pandora's box. I think the best thing is to have him go to Jordan, live out his quiet life, you know, meet his maker. He's a, he's a Christian Palestinian, by the way. And one of the parole uh, board members in one of the uh, parole hearings had asked him, you know, about his Christian faith. He wanted to know, are you a Christian? Uh, as if that made some difference. Uh, it certainly didn't, you know, uh, cause the board to, to, to release him. But but he he, he is a believing uh, Christian, and so are the Kennedys. And and I think a lot, you know, many of them um, believe in forgiving him. Uh, they just don't want to, the parts of the family, or I mean, uh, not parts, but other members of the family just don't want to reopen the case. But I do believe that another way of closing this chapter is if he's released, we've shown mercy, um, and and it could be a you know close a chapter in 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 in, in this uh, incredibly sensitive case for for America involving uh, the Kennedys in, in, in the 60s. And it's always, you know, it's always been uh, intriguing for people looking into into this. The material out there is just, uh, you know, a sea of material. Yeah. Hey, y'all check out our great stuff at libertarianinstitute.org slash books. First of all, we've published No Quarter, The Ravings of William Norman Grigg, our institute's late and great co-founder. He was the very best one of us. Our whole movement, I mean. And no quarter will leave his mark on you, no question. Which brings us to the works of our other co-founder, the legendary libertarian thinker and writer Sheldon Richman. We've published two collections of his great essays, Coming to Palestine and What Social Animals Owe to Each Other. Both are instant classics. I'm proud to say that Coming to Palestine is surely the definitive libertarian take on Israel's occupation of the Palestinians. And Social Animals certainly ranks with the very best writings on libertarian ethics, economics, and everything else. You'll absolutely love it. Then there's me. I've written two books, Fool's Errand, Time to End the War in Afghanistan, and Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism. And I've also published a collection of the transcripts of all of my interviews of the heroic Dr. Ron Paul, 29 of them, plus a speech by me about how much I love the guy. It's called The Great Ron Paul. You can find all of these at libertarianinstitute.org slash books. Well, look, I mean, I think it's worth bringing up, too, here that, um, you know, in the context of our own time, that the minimal official story of this is that it's blowback and consequences for Kennedy's support for Israel, and I forgot the exact story now, but I believe there was a giant arms sale right around then that he had championed in the Senate that supposedly had motivated Sirhan Sirhan to do this. And it's important, right, that, yeah, he's a Palestinian and an Arab, but he's not a Muslim, and he's certainly not a fundamentalist or a radical uh, extremist Islamist. And, uh, and so what explains it? When you have terrorism by, uh, you know, a Middle Easterner uh, over this issue, but they're not 
a Muslim. You take that part out of the equation. What do you have? You have someone who has something in common with all the rest of the anti-Western terrorists, too. And that is that they're siding with the victims of our government's policy. And, you know, I just saw a thing this morning. This is why I'm angry. I saw a thing this morning where Tulsi Gabbard says that ISIS and Al-Qaeda, she just made this up, too. Oh, Al-Qaeda's there also in Afghanistan. And the reason they did the suicide attack that killed a dozen Marines at the airport is because we won't convert to their religion. And they can't stand it that we won't convert. Yeah. She's one of the best anti-war ladies in the Democratic Party. How do you like that? Right. Yeah, no, that, that's been frustrating about Afghanistan. But so people should remember that ISIS wasn't around before we were there. People are just, you know, they, they're not thinking uh, straight at, 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 at all. And, and, and obviously the Taliban uh, and ISIS are opposed to each other and the Taliban want, want uh, you know, they want uh, uh, security in, in, in that part. Uh, of Afghanistan or, or Afghanistan totally, but but going back to Sirhan, yes. So this this blowback, you're you're absolutely right, and it would have been sensitive, obviously, at the time, and certainly in the 70s and the 80s after Israel occupied the occup, uh, occupied territories, the West Bank and Gaza, uh, that you know any mention of that would have, it was just impossible. And that's, and I will allude to this in my article that, you know, even the Palestinian Israeli conflict has changed so much and went through so many phases that we just can't use that anymore. And, you know, California law, all law has mitigating circumstances. If you look at Sirhan's life as a refugee and as a Christian living in Palestine as a boy and uh, what he went through and what he saw, the upheaval of his uh, homeland at the time. He was born in 1944, uh, so so he would have been, you know, he would have been four years old in 1948. But you know, all the upheaval afterwards, and and that's why 1952 Jordan uh, Jordan gave citizenship to to to, to those Palestinians uh, living in in, uh, in in Jerusalem and uh, the West Bank and or, or areas of, of of Jerusalem, and so. He saw he, he saw his bro, his older brother and his younger brother said that, you know, he saw people uh, being killed. He uh, he remembers planes, um, you know, things like that in his childhood, which should have been taken into consideration. And the other thing is that, you know, remember, if 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 he had if he was like a Palestinian, you know, terrorist, the gov the, the, the LAPD at the time would have like come down very hard on him. It's interesting how this happened, Scott, is that his brother saw him on uh, on on TV and said that's my brother they went to the local police station to say hey this is my this is our brother so first they got kicked out of the station and then when they realized that you know that this was their brother uh, things calmed down for the investigators in other words if they were just looking for you know if someone had assassinated someone right now they would send out their you know their 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 special forces and they would shoot up things before anything and they would cover up what they want to cover up and do whatever they want. But actually, because the, you know, this, this refugee family comes and says, Oh, this is our brother. Uh, you know, they, they, they took, the, they treated them uh, much better. But the point is, is that yes, this blow, like the, he was, he was just treated as uh, a, a Palestinian who, 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 who was, uh, uh, who was angry at Kennedy because of his support for Israel. Later investigations showed that the plane sales actually weren't at the same time as this, uh, you know, as this occurrence. But 
I, I haven't had an ability to go further in, in, into that. But even, you know, so, well, so people will say the 67 war was a year before, right? So, yes. I mean, Kennedy's position on that war and its aftermath would be part of the whole scenario. Yes, he here, was developing. Presumably. Yes, he, yes and, and Robert F. Kennedy had uh, traveled to uh, Jerusalem uh, in, in the 40s, um, I think in 48 or 49, he had been there and he developed, you know, uh, uh, an appreciation of respect for what uh, Jews and, and, and uh, later Israelis had done in terms of building a nation. Uh, but even at that time, everyone recognized that there was a refugee population was being created, that Palestinians were being dispossessed from their land. But, you know, we, 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 people uh, respect power. And so he had developing views on, on, on that issue, certainly. But by 1968 and elections coming up, um, there was there was a, a, a you know, the, the, the Zionist what make up the Zionist lobby was 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 pretty much in power. But the blowback is there, like the nuclear, you know, the nuclear uh, power issue that or the, for making nuclear weapons that Israel took from the from the U.S. and all of that. I mean, that's those things were happening uh, and, and uh, they were being covered up at the time. So they could have said anything about Sirhan uh, as well at the uh, at the time. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so I guess probably somewhere in Georgetown, and I don't mean one town north of here in central Texas, I mean the bad one outside of D.C., they're saying that, <laughs> no, listen, because what will happen is he'll go to Jordan and everybody's going to lift him up on their shoulders and call him a hero for striking down the imperialist pig dog and this kind of thing. And so we can't have that. And by so the way, that will not him. happen. That will not happen. That will not happen. Um, so Jordan, first of all, Jordan would try not to accept him unless the Americans gave the green light. And if they do, it would be that he would not, you know, he would be muzzled. He's there. Nothing like that would happen. And and I don't think that anyone would want to 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 do that uh, at this point, especially in Jordan. Um, you know, civil society has has changed and, and that would not happen. You know, if he went to Libya's Qaddafi's Libya at the time, yeah, but not 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 Jordan in, in, in 2021. Definitely not. So that 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 definitely is uh, misguided. Yeah. All right. Well, so, geez, I guess we should hit refresh on the news. I mean, it's it sounds like the hearing started an hour before we started here. So let's see if there's anything in Google News before I let you go here, bud. Um, prosecutors will not oppose is the latest. It's, that's all we got. I don't know if there's a better Twitter feed to follow. It's more up to date than that. But yeah, I think it it will take. But but it's uh, it's 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 on point at this at this time. It's very timely. Oh, I mean, do they usually wait for a while before they announce their uh, decision? No, they will. Uh, you know, usually they announce their decision at, at the hearing, but the uh -huh. hearing itself can take a few hours. I see. Uh, once they hear from everyone and go over the evidence, and the attorney makes the case, and uh, if there are witnesses, uh, or or, or uh, so it could t it could take a few hours, but they will make the decision uh, at at the time. It is highly unlikely that they will take it under advisement, but that's possible. But then that would indicate yeah. that they're seeking political, uh, you know, political direction from someone. Is there like specific legal precedent for? Okay, everybody agrees that you are partially guilty and that you've taken responsibility for that. But then also we think that maybe 
there's less responsibility because somebody else did it. I mean, as you uh, mentioned earlier, briefly, the this man that's now a 96, Paul Schrade, is that it? Um, yes. He says, well, you're not the guy that shot me. You were not the gunman. That was somebody else, the second gunman, you know. And that was from the victim himself. So he may be right or wrong about that, but that's sure not nothing. But then I wonder how that plays into the argument that, yeah, no, I'm guilty and I accept responsibility for it and everything. Then you have other people saying that, geez, he's really not responsible. I wonder if that undermines his argument or if that's really just a separate argument that and I and specifically, I wonder whether that's some judge has ruled about how that's to be taken into account before or anything like that, you know? Yeah, so it's it, real quickly. It is it cuts both ways, obviously, and uh, the, the vicarious liability means. So if if he ha, if he had gone into that hotel room with the intention to kill Kennedy, but his it's not his bullet that actually killed him, but he had the intention. Well, they would say you're just as guilty as if you had done it because you intended. It just happened that you didn't kill him, but you know he is dead by someone else's bullet and that would have never happened had you not been in 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 the room with the intention to kill him because there are so many different theories but one is that the um uh, what's his name uh, thane eugene uh, caesar was was a, a an off-duty guard who 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 was behind kennedy who had a gun who slipped and fell but said he said he never discharged his gun <clears throat> so you know whether he could have possibly so if he did it let's say accidentally um, then Sirhan would still be liable because he, he, he put, you know, he, he made that situation where, where Eugene fell and, and he discharged his gun accidentally and he killed Kennedy, if, if that were the scenario. And that was what uh, Kamala Harris's office uh, uh, actually argued in opposition to reopening uh, the case uh, in, 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 in back in 2012, 2013, when she was the attorney general. Uh, the, the the that was their position that you know he, he's whatever happened uh, he's also uh, just as liable but so it it cuts both ways but it's just it's it's catch twenty two then if 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 we were to 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 take it in that way then yeah he would never be out because that would always be an argument that the parole board or anyone could make is that you know again you were responsible for Kennedy's killing and this is not just any person it traumatized the nation. You're not taking responsibility until you could remember and you, you know, are remorseful. But how remorseful would it take for for people to uh, say, you know, he's been remorseful enough? That's why I'm saying 53 years in jail uh, uh, is is kind of, uh, you know, I think it's a respectable way of saying I did my time regardless of what the intention was and regardless of what happened. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show to talk about this. Very interesting yeah, subject you. and one that I haven't paid much attention to. So good to catch up. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. All right, you guys. That is Ashraf W. Nubani. He is an attorney in uh, Washington, D.C., and he writes for the Electronic Intifada, electronicintifada.net. The Scott Horton Show, Anti-War Radio can be heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, APSradio.com, Antiwar.com, ScottHorton.org, and LibertarianInstitute.org.